0: I have been introduced, and here is Daniel Doughty. I'm like, I am Doughty, but I don't need to be called that.
1: Danny Doughty, a longtime resident of Onancock, on the Eastern Virginia shore, and a visionary folk art painter. According to Eastern Virginia shore writer Ted Shockley, Doughty, quote, paints scenes of the uncomplicated, quiet life he wishes for himself if he could be born again and start over. He paints the proud but voiceless African-American women of his youth who were so kind and hard working and nurturing, and he paints them in the brilliant colors of respect and royalty, not the faded field clothes they wore then. He paints scenes of celebration and love as a contrast to his own broken upbringing that upbringing was in extreme poverty in a two-room waterman's home on the creek in willis wharf his parents had a tiny fish market serving the african-american women who became the inspiration for his paintings idealistic versions of a world that helped him feel good safe rebecca and i came upon mr dowdy's art gallery in onancock virginia on a recent road trip through the south we had not known of danny's work But on first sight of his positive, spiritually filled work, we knew we wanted to meet and talk with this man. This is Barkwell Radio. I'm Alan Winston. I'm here with my co-host, Rebecca McKean. And we're in a most unusual place um, that we just discovered on our vacation here in... um, Anandcock. Anandcock. Virginia, on the eastern shore of Virginia. We were wandering around Anand Kok, kind of uh, having a, a wonderful day, and we came upon this gallery with paintings, resplendent paintings, colorful, bright, lively, full of life, um, and, and, and with, a, with, a, with a singular theme of, uh, that, that includes black culture. And we're going to be talking with the artist today, Danny Doughty, who um, we just met. I'm sorry we didn't know your work before, Danny, but we we are certainly learning about it now. Mm-hmm. And we'd love our listeners to look you up. Right. And um, and if they see you in a in a in a museum, mm-hmm. then they <laughs> yeah. should they should stop and look. I think they're going to stop and look because mm-hmm. your paintings are exuberant and amazing. Thank you very much for inviting you to your studio here oh. in Anantak. So talk about your paintings, talk a little bit about
0: your life, about your inspiration. My descendants have been here since the early 1600s and... um, Wow, 1600s, mm -hmm. my goodness. Yeah. And um, my father's family is is from the barrier islands in in the ocean. And um, since moved off into the mainland of uh, Northampton County and Accomack County, on the eastern shore. Um, um, After a lot of storms and destruction and stuff, finally they had to kind of throw in the towel and move most of the structures by rolling them off of the island and loading them on to um, barges and monitors that they used to haul um, oysters on and um, And then took them into the mainland. And like the town I live in, or I lived in my whole life, um, the town of Willis's Wharf, um, there are probably twelve to fifteen of the original structures in that town alone. But also in the town of Oyster and several other towns on the ocean side, Um, most of the most of the structures were small and um, very low ceilings and uh, small doors and all. The people I, uh, through the years and generations, um, I guess the inbreeding of them there, a lot of them were kind of short, not all of them, but um, you know, when you look at one of the homes that really hasn't been altered, you can distinctively Tell that it was one of the original homes. because because it's very low right yeah the, the what, what did your close. family do when before they moved over I and, guess to the
2: and is it close to here the the area that you're talking about, close to where we are now
0: um the town I grew up mm-hmm. in yeah. um it's about um a half an hour to the southeast okay and um It um, sits on uh, the town, or it surrounds the um, Willis Wharf Creek. And um, that creek now is like home to um, some of the largest clam and oyster hasteries in the United States. Um, Due to the perfect solidity in the water, the wetlands that are just amazing because we never had industry or you know any pollutants or anything and you know clam and oyster are filters and they're only as good as the water they come from and um they actually grow so fast that they have to be dug up and moved to the Chesapeake Bayside to retard their growing because the shells are so thin when they ship them they would crush and then once they stay for a certain amount of time on the bay they're dug up again and brought back to their natural water to get that salty you know awesome water filtering through them. I never
1: knew that so the oysters are moved
0: from the ocean over to the bay and then back to the ocean. Is this the business that your family was in? Um, No, because uh, my family was right on the uh, skirt tails of the end of national or natural fisheries. Um, We... uh, had um, gillnet fishermen we had pound net fishermen we had uh, whole sain whole sane fishermen um from over on the Virginia Beach side and all the way up into Maryland and Delaware. And we had about um, 50 to 75 boats that fish for, uh, for my family's uh, business.
2: Is this your family or yeah. your father's family?
0: Well, no. My father struck out on his own and with nothing. And he died at 53 and had built a corporation from that, but it was um, quite a feat, you know, to do that with really nothing. But he was so knowledgeable about the business and, you know, the national natural fisheries and stuff. So you know a lot about fishing in this yeah. area, yeah, yeah, and
1: about big time fishing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do do you can do you fish or do do you have any time for that?
0: No, no, because <laughs> my father, being you know. From the barrier islands out there, it was was difficult living. It was, um, you know, when you, like, the end of summer, you would start to have anxiety. Now, I lived on the mainland. They had already moved off by that time. But still had that same feeling of, you know, like I'm six or seven. I'm going, oh, my God. I... I hope we make it, you know. Make it in terms
1: of, do do we have enough food? Do we we have enough money? Yeah,
0: just the very basics, because the two counties were, for the longest time, the two poorest counties in the state of Virginia. And um, the little bit of, um, you know, um, work there was, was all seasonal. Either you were in farming or fishing, And, um, it was a very, very difficult, um, place to carve out a living to even get to a point that you ever felt comfortable because you felt like you were on the edge all the time of not maybe making it. Um, And you felt that as a child? A lot of times children are, are, um, sheltered from that. Yeah, you you it was such a on such a scale you could not be sheltered from it it was everywhere and um can you give an example of- um yeah 10 million of them really <laughs> <laughs> uh you know um even if we had the money we didn't have the materials to even buy so Every turn, you were challenged with ways to fix or make something in not the average way that a, um, you know, Main Street American would do. Um, you would kind of reinvent, and we repurpose way before they have today. I mean, we would, you know, make cabinets out of crates and all kinds of things and, you know, just lived off of the earth and also lived, um, you know, being, uh, it was a fear in you of, you know, the little world we knew was so small. And because we're surrounded by the Atlantic Ocean, the Chesapeake Bay, and the mouth of the Atlantic going into the Chesapeake Bay, Um, and it wasn't until 1964 that we even had a bridge to get to the rest of our state. And also, most of the population... um, Just did not have a mode of transportation. Um, Can you talk about that isolation? You've you've mentioned uh, that to us before, about this
1: area being isolated from the rest of the United States.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Um, You know, when you think about it, it is kind of bizarre that, um, you know, you have this strip of land lying in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and Chesapeake Bay. Eastern
1: Virginia, Eastern Shore of Virginia.
0: Eastern Shore of Virginia, Northampton and Accomack County. We evolved differently because of it. Um, I remember when I was just very young, when I was born in 1960, it was like 1900, especially in Northampton County. Accomack County was not great either, but Accomack County. The population had faltered quite a bit. Um, I think it was more. I don't know exactly. It was more population in the mid 1800s than it was like today. How do you build an economic base when there's nothing to build there? You know, we had had, you had the fishing. uh, We did, but the thing of it is, fishing is one of those things, just like farming such a gamble. I mean, and also, it wasn't like you had a backup plan. That was the plan. Right. And if it was a bad year, it was bad. I know, as I grew up, I realized, I know people that were my age that never, ever, ever give a thought to Oh, my God, what are we going to do? And the stress of your family um, trying to, you know, survive th- these times and not to completely fall apart because addiction, self-medicating were, I mean, at every corner because... It was so difficult, and it was um, taught behavior generationally.
2: How old were when you first came to the to to the main shore to
0: oh, mainstream? Well, I I never lived on Hog Island. My all my family, all my fathers did, but I was later born where they had everyone pretty much had moved off. Because it was no longer worth the, um, you know, all the extra things that could happen, and and you really didn't have a lifeline that could support having a substantial life out there without even more stresses than you would on the mainland. So would you
2: say that your isolation continued based on who you were, the the, the your mm. your family
1: or well, the economic where, situation too. Oh, that
0: yeah. continued? Yeah, true. Um, I tell people now when I talk with my art and all, I said, you know, um, when we come in this world we we really don't understand or know because of course we're a little baby, but all the things that we inherit, especially in this tiny world. It's like who your parents are, how they're seen in society, what they have, what they don't have the How society looked at them as good, honest people or people that weren't so good and honest and all. And these things were big contributors to your life that you had to either overcome or embrace and use them to the best of your ability to make it work for you.
1: Let's talk about making it work for you because, I mean, here you're you grew up in this area and, um. You're a teenager, young teenager, an yeah. older teenager. And you, you're I mean, painting you must have by been this time, right? Oh, yeah. Huh? I, I was just wondering what, what 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 did you
0: what did you do for fun before we get to the painting? Oh, okay. Mm, yeah, okay. Uh, there was nothing like we didn't have a rec center or you know um, a you know we we went to <clears throat> excuse me school that was so minimally. Uh, you know, um, funded. I'm not saying it's like, the least horrific environment, but it wouldn't take but a tiny thing to kind of make it all just kind of fall apart. And I still have lots of trouble with anxiety and stuff because when that starts so early in your childhood, that is now hardwired in you and it's difficult to deal with Mm -hmm. you must have had an an influence and i'm assuming it's an
1: early influence with the black community Mm. uh, because Mm. your paintings are imbued with these beautiful black women and they're more shapes than actual individuals Mm -hmm. Um, but yet you get this enormous wonderful feeling from them was this an early
0: thing that you experienced Oh my gosh, yeah, um, because the way things come to be in my life, my dad had a clam house right on the creek, cre- right just a little ways from the house that we grew up in, which was two rooms down, two rooms up, outdoor toilet, we had one sink, no hot water, you pump the pump, you washed everything, from yourself, to your dishes, to your clothes, to, you know, it was, it was like you just go back in time, and it wasn't always beautiful, you know, in my work, I transformed that, um, from the, you know, desolate, um, survival kind of mindset to um, lighten my load with the things that I had to deal with early in my life and throughout my life. Um, were, were you were you in touch with the black community? I mean, oh was there God. interaction? Yeah, because um, we had a tiny little one room little fish market in the town of Exmoor. It was only, it was only about a just over a mile from where my house was my uh, dad would fish and my mother would you know wait on people and, and my brother and I once we were born and all we would be in that fish market every day of our life this is where I was able to have this just cast of amazing strong beautiful spiritual black women that transformed my life forever
1: can can you think of any particular person that you met that stuck in your mind that maybe represents these women that you're painting here
0: oh my gosh, it's so many. I mean, because it was literally hundreds. Um, because they would come out of the fields, you know, in the back of a farm truck with their kids, um, helping them. They would come from uh, the oyster houses shucking oysters right along the creek where I lived at, and my dad um, would be getting them in the morning, and he would take me with him and to walk in those oyster houses is hard and um, just overwhelming um, existence it's it's hard work hard work yeah I mean they would start like um, 2-3 in the morning and shuck in freezing conditions but they had an amazing toolbox with the tools that would be their salvation. But to walk in those doors, and it seemed like it was this huge cathedral, um, you would hear the clicking and clanging. and uh, You can hear it some, now. You can hear it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and... Um, And to hear them um, start this um, spiritual, this divine feeling come over you and they would just start to sing Mm -hmm. and to share a sisterhood in life as strong as a sisterhood in blood are stronger. And They embraced that and were grateful and thankful. And I remember as a little boy walking through there and just, like, looking up, you know. And I already had a real view and a knowledge of what they had to, you know, overcome every day. But that light, that divine light that they lived a spiritual driven life that brought them to a place like no other. I mean, it was just so beautiful, even with all the hardships. Yeah. The hardships are not evident today in
1: in Virginia, a, no. uh, a former Confederate uh, state. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this
0: um, uh, town of uh, on, on Anna. I'm having a problem. Oh, yeah. You might want to touch that up a little bit, because I get in trouble with people (laughs) that come here. If you are from here, you say, you drop the O, and you say, Nancock. Nancock, okay. You drop it, okay. You know, okay, they've been here. They're blood from here. Okay. But if you weren't, you would say, I'm on my way to a Nancock. Oh, man. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah. Because trust me, you did well compared to some. So do you
2: remember though, any specific, um, experiences that you had with individuals? Oh
0: yeah. Um, the the thing of, uh, you know, most of the people that love my work and see my work and, They're the most amazing group of people that, you know, collect my work and get it. They really get it. Even coming of great privilege and wealth and all the things that come with it. A lot of those children lived in homes of privilege, just for example, maybe The father was a doctor. And the mother was a socialite. That was her part, you know, to be connected in society and all those kind of things, even though it was on a very low scale of that. But the saving grace is that That same family, those children more than likely had, I miss Bessie, I miss Anna, I miss um, anything, you know, you could miss Pearl or... And the gift that these women um, had was just so absolutely I mean transforming Um, they could calm you they could show you um, so many things that no one else could even their own parents and I know a lot of times the mothers would be a little jealous when say the daughters or sons would brag about Ms. Anna, Um, in particular, I had um, a big judge, and he was a huge man, and um, he bought one of my paintings of one of my women to hang in his chambers, but he come to a private showing at a private home, and when he come in the door... There was an image of a life-size black lady that it just kind of knocked him over, really, with emotion and so many things, and he welled up and just lost it a little bit, crying of... The things that he remembered of what she instilled in his life and his two siblings—the person and, that
1: basically had raised
0: him—yeah, yeah, yeah, exactly. He said, and this woman I had painted her in this blue dress, and he said that's what she wore most of the time—a blue dress with a white blouse. Um, you know, and all of your figures—they all seem to have the white blouse. They do, and that's a sense of purity. And their um, close connection to their spiritual life um, that was the pinnacle of everything they did. I mean, it was just so amazing to see them react and connect spiritually. You never see anything like it on Earth. It's like the closest thing to the divine that you can see in a person. is just so unbelievable. Le- um,
1: can we, let's just talk about more specific. I mean, we've been talking about your paintings, mm-hmm. but um, let, let's get into some, a little more specifics. The colors are amazing. Thank and they're you. large colors. Mm-hmm. It's a large canvas of red, or as I look around of,
0: of, of white or yeah. or blue yeah you're so right, and what I try to do, so i'm I'm trying to keep people into how amazing they were for me to look at them and how I saw them opposed to the everyday person that really didn't pay attention, like they're bigger than life they're so um maternal but through color i can put them in the most beautiful colors that i thought they deserved um because people ask me did they dress like that and i'm like no um Color palette was like gray, tan, brown. This is not realism that you're dealing with. No, this is, you know, visionary folk art. And the beauty of that, coupled with my subject and these ladies that just were so overlooked but so amazing, um, is through color and the way I um, present them to be seen is out of the most respect and love and um, just being so thankful that they came into my life yep. held my hand and taught me all the things that i was so desperately needing
2: Yeah, i was going to ask you that earlier so the. the they would teach you lessons just by example, or would they talk to you and say, Now this is the way you should behave? Yeah. Danny.
0: Um, oh, they could definitely, they could love you and, you know, tell you things that were really valuable that I never had in my life. It didn't hurt you. Through everything in the life was respect, and knowing your place, and um, you know, um, being seen sometime but not heard until you know you grew into yourself as they coached you along the journey of what they thought. Their spiritual life, you should become, and it was pretty remarkable because you know your parents could have uh, yelled at you for this or that or whatever, but they could have six, seven, eight, nine, ten children, they never got ruffled or distressed or whatever. It was this calm, core. That it would just almost not sedate, but just bring you to this calmness.
2: And you had a, a wonderful relationship with these women. Yeah. But mm-hmm. no men. No men. You didn't men. have that relationship with the. No, the black
0: men. I didn't. I don't paint any men in my paintings. White or black. White or black. Yeah. But I will say that. I never, ever had a time where a black man um, treated me or did something to me that should not have been done. I wish I could say the same for mm-hmm. my own people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, these these are. Um
1: Again, this is uh, a folk art. It is as a, there's a certain mysticism to it. Yeah. There's an emotionality to it. Yeah. And it's an emotion that comes from you, yeah. the artist. Right. It comes from your your gut, which is where right. it should come from. Right. Yeah. Where else Where else is it going to come from? Yeah. Right? True. Um, but it's not realistic. The, mm-hmm. These These women are. Um, they They're much. It's they're like a community of of, mm-hmm. a, of, a, of a mind and a spirit, a gestalt almost. Mm-hmm. that take, takes them over in in these paintings and they're all om- they seem to move similarly they seem to be doing the same thing it's almost like they're dancing Their om- arms they're, they're are dancing up. they're within the environment Yeah, like they're singing
2: yeah
0: yeah and I,
1: and, and, and the, the objects are singing too
0: yeah the sheets the, that, yeah. Are hang- that are hanging oh my gosh yeah i mean you know the, the dance the rhythm of um you know but i never wanted stress in my work i wanted, it to be like here I am and come as you are and movement and no contrived lines and tension they were the things I run from um, and they had an ability and I know that it come from quite a bit of pain And all. And the beauty of that to me is to go through all of that, but yet never become bitter from it. They would tell me, you know, baby, to be alive, we have to live in this world, but we don't have to live of it. They were so brilliant because they knew the only way they'd have quality of life in a society driven world and imperfect people, that it would have to be a spiritual driven life. I, I don't think this is an unfair question.
1: I think you were kind of alluding to it, and I think you've al- al- almost answered it for me. Uh-huh. Um, this is a very idealistic. Um, look at, at a um, a black experience when in fact it's not a black experience it's your experience right right and that's we live, a big we deal live, we too. live in a in a racialized country mm. in which if you're black yeah this this reality is not your feeling mm. um mm. so wh- how, how do you bring together this this reality of a of, of a country that is racialized where you can have a Tulsa where you can have a lane where you can have all these massacres and and this this you know, in bad enormously destructive interaction between people mm-hmm. and yet these paintings you come in here into your gallery Danny and it's so it it feels so wonderful, but this country is not wonderful
0: no I know it it can torment me it It makes me feel like I have a torn soul. It's like, you know, they were always so big on, you know, baby, the greatest things about us is the soul right here. All this is is a container to carry us from place to place. We get way too caught up in that container and how that container seen in society but not really looking at the content of what that container is carrying. I think it's so fundamental like just saying for me my life if I had judged by their container without a doubt I probably wouldn't be alive and I would have lost the greatest gift that I will ever hope to have you know come to me and, um, which is the ability to make this art Yeah, yeah, you know, every day, I, 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 they keep me in check, I mean, I, I, it's like, it's so beautiful, I mean, I have met women, black women, that were, in a way, mentors to me, and just part of a huge village here, um, that I have seen them in some of the worst situations and it was even hard to find words to describe, yet that divine light never wavers and how they conduct themselves in the world to show, not just by speaking, but the way they conduct themselves, the way they're seen, that at all times they're very aware of that and how much that can influence the outcome of, you know, this dilemma, this horrible thing When I, some of my own people wouldn't care for it a lot probably, but I know several black women in my life that I would trust the world to, I mean without even a a millisecond, that it was so pure so true and so amazing. I cannot see how someone can dislike or really hate someone just because of the color of their skin. You know, it's it's heartbreaking. I mean, it really is. At times it's it's really difficult for me. Because it is heartbreaking. It is, and it, it has made me a mess a lot of times, especially in the last so many years. I've struggled with it when I know it's right here in your face, you know. And yet we dance around it and around it and we, around we, we it. We
1: have since the beginning of this country and before this country. We've been da- yeah. doing that, oh, that yeah. racist dance. Have, have you... Um, had any of the your subjects come in? Not particularly. Your sub come in and look
0: at your work, and oh have, yeah. And what, what 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 do they say about it? It's sweet. It's <laughs> it's um. They had you know, they, I show them in some paintings. I know a lot of them in a spiritual sense more. Yeah, a lot but of this they, does have a spiritual kind well, of a, a Christian make, aspect to it. Make yeah.
2: the observation that to me, what you've what you've painted of their world is their spiritual life. Yes, that that's the fantasy world that you're painting is what. Yes. you know what they were yeah. in spirit.
0: Yeah, and also usually I paint in reds and yellows and pinks and stuff. They're more colorful side Mm -hmm. that they could let their guard down a little bit Um, and they were so comical at the same time a respect level and they could just I don't know I've always had a connection with black women no matter where I'm at Um, It just is a natural kind of built-in thing for me. Um, But some some of the things are like um, what you asked me. um, This is an example of um, one of the ladies that um, come and looked at my work and everything. And they said, Danny, baby, you know I love you. I said, I know you do, baby. (laughs) She said, and I love what you do. But I don't think my backside was that big. (laughs) I said, well, it's because I love you so much. You know, it's just, I want to throw my arms around you and just hold on to you forever. She said, it's beautiful but I still don't think my backside was that big. (laughs) And it's so sweet because they will tell you, like, I always struggle with my weight all the time. And, of course, they were always slipping me a little something that I shouldn't have or whatever. And they are so much characters. I mean, like, I see one in the grocery store, and I know it's one that will probably tell me something I don't want to hear sometimes and they go Danny is that you baby I'm like yeah that's me Lord have mercy you don't blow it up (laughs) and I go well um you're not tiny (laughs) you go God didn't make no mistake on me. I am beautiful, you know. Um, And that's another thing that really epitomizes how they see themselves, especially women. You can take a full-size white woman and a full-size black woman and let them go shopping and let the black woman pick out the outfit well, and I've seen this played out over and over and over and over, and it's always the same thing. It's kind of sad in a way in some parts um and that is that um first, the black woman's gonna they're gonna pick out something they think is just so special, you know that the white woman is actually scared because of what she's picked out, because they both have to wear the same thing. And um, this tells you so much of in here how they feel about themselves. You can have both of those ladies walk out, the white lady coming out first, and it is a disaster because if you don't believe that you're beautiful, nobody will believe that you're beautiful because they're projecting these negative stereotypes that people have put upon women over forever. But <laughs> the black lady, will come out swinging and rock it and plus size or what risque or what she's like i know i'm beautiful and she does and that's why she can pull it off and they she just really believes it so much inside that it just exudes out of her you know and it and it's you know it's a kind of a simple thing, but it's so true. I've seen it, you know, in good friends that you know um, that I've been around, and and a couple of them say, "Lord have mercy, if my mother sees me in this, <laughs> whatever." <laughs> and the other girl, "What's wrong with that? Your mama gonna love you because she's your baby. I mean, you're you're her baby, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you know." So they have a real different way of looking at it, and it's always um kind of um guided by a spiritual sense that you are beautiful and you are perfect and god did not make a mistake Mm. and they believe it with everything in them and when the white woman would feel like guilt and shame or uh, so many things that had um generationally been built into her makeup that you know and it's
2: yeah we were taught not to stand out not right to, not yeah. to express ourselves that way just no be very,
0: yeah. yeah yeah Danny
1: mm-hmm. Dowdy this has been this has been a wonderful conversation we've been having I'm sure there's a whole lot more we can we could talk about it's volumes and volumes <laughs> yeah 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 but it's been a thrill talking to you um, Same here. you're you're an authentic person yeah, you are you are authentic and you are unique, and you're doing some unique stuff. We didn't even get into like how did you get into this art? How long have uh-huh. you been doing it? I imagine your family was not totally in support of what you were doing. You're shaking know. your head,
0: no, no. They're like, what happened? You know, <laughs> what happened? They're like, because my father go to my mother. What are we gonna do with him? You know because. You did what your family did. You did not stray from that because that was a recipe that at least made you exist in the conditions you were in. But the thought of me wanting to be an artist from the Eastern shore and use color. And, 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 and and your subject and and my subject. Yeah. Because, um, from about nineteen seventy six, which I that's where I start my professional career. 16. I was sixteen and I my had my first professional art show on the grounds of the Hotel Watcher Prague, the Victorian hotel that was just oh my god, the stories of that too. Um just amazing. Um but I my mom said that I was expressing myself through art and anything I could get a hold of from the time I come out of the womb. And I think part of that is several things. One, I am really severely dyslexic. And that always was a stumbling block for me. The art was my friend. The art made me create a world that I always wanted but never had and I only include the things I love the most and that made me feel good and feel hope and love and um all the wonderful things that children should feel
2: it's your happy place
0: oh my gosh sometimes I can be painting one of the little houses or whatever and you know I got a couple ladies out there doing their thing and all and I kind of lose myself and I'm like I would just love to open that little screen door go in and just lay down for a while you know the wonderful thing is the gift that I have gotten from all the pain and the craziness and all the things that no one wants to have to deal with, I still win. Hmm. Because, like, just today when you were here and the gentleman came in with his granddaughter, he's a 30... Year veteran in the Navy and shared his story with me that he went through similar things to see a grown man like that because it's horrible for men or women but men don't get the grace of being able to freely talk about a lot of it to know that you have been able to you know open a conversation through your work and the principles it stands for and it has taken someone out of the darkness of feeling so isolated and that you know trying to make the best of you know things i feel like I have won the lottery of souls, you know,
1: Danny Dowdy mm-hmm. of Onan. I'm not going to get it right. Say, say, say
2: <laughs> Onancock oh, or Nancock, if you're oh, nancock Yeah, if okay. you live here, it's
1: Nancock. Danny yeah, Let's go. I'm going Nancock. I'm going to Nancock. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's been wonderful speaking with you. Absolutely. Uh, I, I I recommend people to check out the PBS special, which yep. is
0: being done. On your work. Right. What, what is the program? Oh, Curate. Curate. Yeah, Curate. it's about up-and-coming artists and uh, people and artists in the country that they... You see yourself just, as up-and-coming? You've been around for a while. <laughs> I have been rode hard and put away wet. Um, um, but the thing right. of it is, it's is, something that not many people can say. And this is just the truth. I am just as excited when I get finished talking with you to delve into the work I'm working on right now is the very first time that I realized there was something so special, you know, in so many levels. Um, I'm just elated and just overwhelmed with um, these amazing, you know, feelings I get if I have kind of a hard day or something. I can reflect on so many people that I have helped get through that day with, and it's priceless. It's truly You're You're, you're a lucky man.
1: Thank I you am. so we, much. And we, we, were, we were lucky that we ran into you. I always
0: tell everybody, it's, it's my honor, truly. It is, because you give me that thing that I need to keep going.
1: <laughs> we are Brock Radio Podcast, and we're recording today in the art gallery of Danny Dowdy of Onancock on the eastern shore of Virginia. You can contact Rebecca or me, Alan, at barcroradio at gmail.com. And a great big thank you to Tim Goparud for giving us permission to use his composition Dancing Camel, performed by Carrie Vecchioni on oboe and Ralph Erdahl on double bass, otherwise known as oboe bass.